This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back. This is the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. I'm Alex Smythe filling in for Dave Brown, and I'm joined by Juwita Gupta and Michelle McQuig. We've got one more topic to discuss, and this one was my selection for the week. So we all know there is a lot of misinformation online, especially when it comes to social media. This week, a post went viral about 15,000 protesters in Iran being sentenced to death. It even got Prime Minister Justin Trudeau tweeting it, but then deleting it in response to the fact that it was deemed to be false information. Uh, so, Michelle, I want to start with you. When social media does a great job, it, it connects people, it, it allows us to get that immediate response, but it can also complicate things when it serves as an outlet for official government messaging and policy. So when it comes to government officials and heads of state, should there be more vetting and safeguards to avoid this type of situation in the future? In the climate we're in, I think you can never have too much vetting or too many safeguards in a case like this. Where I hesitate to weigh in, though, and criticize the existing practices is that we simply don't really know what they are. Uh, we're into in, inside baseball a little bit where I don't know what the practices are, who is in charge, uh, what the vetting process actually looks like. I will say that this particular claim that was erroneously retweeted had been circulating in some circles that I'm sure would have been deemed pretty credible by the average vetter. So I can see how this one came about and I'm sort of reluctant to, to draw fire on, on <laughs> the existing practices without knowing more about what they are. But I definitely will say that the risks of navigating social media and not falling prey to disinformation seem to be escalating almost by the week, it seems. And Twitter and all the drama unfolding there since the Elon Musk takeover has really been a microcosm of the broader issues, I think, as, as people try to fight misinformation and, and disseminate accurate ones. Uh, we now have questions about which accounts are real or verified or not, which is for muddying, muddying the waters even further, especially for those of us in fields like ours. So it's it's quite the thicket to navigate at the best of times, even with vetting in place and, and with staff on hand to help with this kind of process, as I think this story illustrates. Absolutely. And as you, as you mentioned, like this, uh, this fact and this figure was actually uh, uh, circulated by some news sites as well. So it's not just that this was heads of states and celebrities. It was also news organizations saw this and they were they were publishing it as, as well. Yeah. So, so there is. This was not a stat pulled from a YouTube video. E exactly. You know, there was a bit more and seemingly a bit more credibility to this number. Uh, Joita, I, I want to um, uh, bring you in on this. Do you think there should be more vetting, more safeguards in place, especially when we're talking about politicians and heads of state? Yeah, I mean, the short answer is, of course, there should be more safeguards in place and more processes to vet information before it's retweeted. But I think Michelle makes a really good point where we don't really know what those processes are. I mean, I said to my husband in a very tongue-in-cheek sort of way, really, Justin Trudeau hangs around on Twitter and retweets. Surely he's got bigger fish to fry. He's the prime minister of the country. Um, I mean, I don't even know who it was that retweeted that tweet. Was it Justin Trudeau, or was it one of his staffers who had access to his accounts? We they, we really don't know about the process, so we don't really have um, too much information about what those uh, safeguards would look like or what the processes would be. But general, the general idea remains the same: fact check your information, 
Uh, see if it's uh, if it comes from an, uh, a credible source. Double check to see if it comes from multiple sources. And I think there's always a good case to be made for training politicians and their staff on the on the use of social media, not just you know the um, the 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 who, what, when, where, and how, but also just thinking through questions of credibility and making sure you're putting out factual information, which I think we've made the point adequately has become more and more of a problem with the spread of misinformation and disinformation. So yeah, I mean, there's certainly um, there's certainly a case to be made for greater social media literacy, for greater safeguards. But I will say, um, I don't feel like this issue is. Uh, surprising, obviously, but also I feel like people retweeting false information used to be far more common than it is now. I do think over the years there's been greater attention paid to um, to providing credible information, and I think many uh, heads of states or politicians or public figures have become more responsible about social media use. This is likely a mistake and some I'm sure some heads will roll but it's not it, it I, I would say in general if you look at the trend it's probably people are more responsible than they were maybe five six years ago uh, yeah Can I uh, just go ahead go ahead add to that, it, what I found interesting on this issue is, is similar to the the Trump announcement is more the response than the fact that this tweet was issued in the first place um, you know misinformation happens mistakes happen this this tweet stayed up for about 12 hours before being taken down without explanation. Uh, a statement was issued to the media that kind of spun things a little bit and, and didn't come right out and say, you know what, we felt, we felt prey to some misinformation. Let this be a lesson to us all. There was none of that kind of tone. And I feel like that kind of thing might have gone a bit more of a way to putting this issue to bed faster than, yeah. it, than it did. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And it's, to me, it's one of those things that you look at, it's like, well, okay, he's our prime minister. He's going to have a, a media team. He has resources available that, you know, before you post something, you retweet something, you can just be like, hey, can you guys just make sure this is credible before I do it? And whether it's it's it was him who did it or or whether it was one of his staffers, it's just go through a bit more uh, of layers. Now, one I, I this kind of led to a broader question I was kind of having, and, and I'm kind of... I, I don't know about this, but uh, Michelle, we'll start with you. Do you think politicians and heads of state should be on social media at all? We we talked about Twitter and how unreliable and 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 how um, you know it, difficult it is to ensure what is truth, what is fact, what is fiction. Now, do you think there is a place still to have official uh, government uh, uh, members on social media platforms like this? I I I do, and I always have. I am. For the for the sake of expediency, let's pretend that the Twitter of today is the Twitter that we've always known, which it's not. Sure. <laughs> um, but in the early days, when politicians really started to adopt Twitter more widely, there was a lot of praise for what it could do for political engagement, for the, the kind of access it gave ordinary people to their civic leaders, the kind of dialogue it could foster. And some of those things really did come to pass. I don't necessarily think it was all sustained, but it did happen. Um, to say nothing of the fact that politicians are people too and, and need sources of information like the rest of us. Um, Twitter has been a pretty valuable tool in facilitating communication with with politicians. It's been a very, very helpful tool for the media uh, and has been a great way of disseminating and, and receiving information and tracking down sources. And in on the political realm, it was an efficient way of communicating. So there was a lot of value in it, I think. Uh, so I, I wouldn't never be the one to say no. I think no politician has a place on Twitter. I think we 
would need to have conversations about ensuring the integrity of a certain platform, however. And I think that's a bit beyond our scope. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Joita, I want to uh, let you weigh in on this. You've got about a minute to, uh, to respond. Well, to be honest with you, you're not going to be able to stuff this particular genie back in the lamb. I, uh, I think it's pretty much a, a given that politicians have do and will continue to make use of social media. As to whether or not they should be there, in all honesty, um, I feel like it's a question we should have asked ourselves 10 years ago. Um, politicians have used this as a way to connect with their base uh, and to to an extent circumvent the traditional media. Rather than having a press conference where they might get asked tough questions, now they're putting things out on social media. So it does give them this access to their base without having to necessarily be critiqued by the media in the same way. It doesn't take away from um, approaching social media with integrity. It doesn't take away from the arguments around, um, you know, preventing misinformation and disinformation. But I also caution against making this about the kerfuffle at Twitter at the moment. That is um, a whole other story in and of of itself. But if it wasn't Twitter, then it would be another platform. Apparently something called Mastodon is gaining ground on Twitter. So if people leave Twitter in droves, something else will take its place. Uh, a lot of the young people that I surround myself with are apparently on something called Discord. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's yeah. where they get all yep. of their info. So social media is here to stay. Politicians will be a part of that zeitgeist. And um, I think it's uh, inevitable, again, that you're going to have some information over social media. And there will probably be some mistakes as well along the way. Absolutely. Well, that's all the time we have. It was a great conversation on three different topics. So thank you, Michelle, and thank you, Juita, for chatting with me today. Thank you. Take care, everybody. So that Michelle McQuig is the news editor at the Canadian Press, and Juita Gupta is the host of The Pulse on AMI-audio. So uh, we want to hear from you guys at home. Uh, make sure to connect with us on Twitter, even though we, we just spent the last five minutes talking about Twitter and how unreliable it can be, at Accessible Media and on Facebook at Accessible Media Inc. You can also give us a call at one 509 or email us at feedback at ami.ca. So, and don't forget to give us permission to play comments on the air when and... We will be back in a minute. We got the sports news update with Brock Richardson. You're watching now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.